Hi, I'm Gary and this is episode 136 of EV Musings, a podcast about renewables, electric vehicles and things that are interesting to electric vehicle owners. On the show today, we'll be looking at what happens when you move from a car with a small battery to one with a much larger battery. This season of the podcast is sponsored by ZapMap. Before we start, I wanted to remind patrons that I've got a new ID3, which I mentioned in this episode. If you want a detailed discussion about the good and the bad of that car, stick around after the end credits, and we'll talk about that in a specific and special patron-only section. We're also only a few short episodes away from the roundtable episode at the end of the season, and the completion of season seven of the podcast. Any idea who you want me to get on for that roundtable? What sort of topics do you want discussing? I mean, personally, I'm quite taken by the topic which goes along the lines of Tesla full self-driving. Is it the lifesaver Elon Musk thinks it is? Or are we letting unqualified people test a potentially lethal bit of software amongst the general public? Let me know potential names and topics, please. evmusings at gmail.com Our main topic of discussion today is what happens when someone with a short-range battery swaps to a car with a longer-range battery. Since I started this podcast, I've been running around at a Kia Soul 2018 version. This has a 30 kilowatt hour usable battery, and it gets between 100 and 120 miles on a charge. Uh, slightly higher if it's really warm and the battery's hot. I mean, the highest the GOM has read, I think, is about 132 miles. Now, I've lived with uh, having to charge at regular intervals, having to plan for CHAdeMO chargers, having to work out charging stops every 60 or so miles along a route. Uh, since early June, however, I've taken delivery of an ID3. This has a 58 kilowatt hour battery and it gets well over 200 miles on a charge. It also charges at over 100 kilowatts on the CCS standard. So I thought you might like to hear about the pros and cons of this and whether it's an improvement over the Kia Soul. We'll also hear from co-founder Simon, who recently went from a low range EV to a much higher range one when he swapped his i3 for a Renault Zoe. So what's the thing about longer range? Well, at the risk of stating the obvious, you can go farther on a charge. More than that, it gives you options you might not otherwise have had. For example, in the Kia Soul, a journey to my parents, 219 miles, would need two quickish stops en route for about 15 minutes each and a little bit of luck with the weather to climb the Pennine foothills as the range is sapped by the elevation change. If it was cold and the heating was on, I'd need to charge longer at my second stop, i.e. up to over 80%. I also had to start at mine with a 100% state of charge, or I would have had to make an additional stop. Now, don't get me wrong, it's not a problem. I knew when I bought it that I'd need to do this. I know when planning a journey that I need to cut it down into 80-ish mile segments, I need to plan for a charger at around 80 miles to top up. Also, because of the networks I use, I'd often go a little bit off the beaten path to ensure availability, especially with CHAdeMO connectors, rather than the CCS that the ID3 has. This meant I was often charging at 50 kilowatt chargers when I could take higher charge speeds than that. My Kia Soul could take 80 kilowatts charge speed. In some respects, nothing's changed. I still have a battery that needs charging at set intervals. I still need to find units on which to charge. The difference is that the interval is longer, much longer. I can comfortably do between 180 and 200 miles on a run in summer without even thinking about needing to stop. Even then, I've got 
20, 25, 30 miles of reserve in the battery. It just makes things a lot less stressful and much easier. Furthermore, I can get out and about with much less in the battery to start with. The last time I headed out on a longish journey, one which would have needed 100% and a charge on the return in the Kia, I left with about 75% in the ID3 and still made it back without an issue. As I said, it just gives you options. Simon also said the same thing when it comes to the Zoe. The, the main advantage for me um, for the, the Renault Zoe has been pure distance and pure distance in the fact that um, with my i3 I would have been um, I, every time I go to work I, I naturally charge anyway even in the Zoe I I plug in it's like that always be charging sort of mentality however in the i3 I would have to charge there regardless um, so if I went into the office sort of three or four times a week I'd always be plugging in always be charging there if I went the next day, I'd always have to charge because my journey to and from work is about 70 miles uh, round trip. In the Zoe, I get to work. I don't have to charge that time. I can do two trips uh, without having to charge and then charge at work. Um, so that's one That's one benefit. The other benefit is I, didn't, I tend to do, those that follow my, my channel, my YouTube channel, know that I do a lot of trips around the country for uh, riding and, and various other things. Prime example, I do a, a ride down in uh, Kent. So for me, that's about 110 miles. In the i3, I would have to always look to a charger um, when I got down there or en route and then maybe on the way back because I couldn't make it in one go. With the Zoe, um, as long as I'm starting with a full charge, I can get there and either all the way back um, or most of the way back with one charge, um, which again, it's it's time saving, it's convenient, and um, just makes it a bit of a a, a more comfortable um, journey without having to think, oh, where am I going to charge? What am I going to do? Blah 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 blah. And I've done various other um, journeys. One recently down to um, Somerset and then into Wales, which would still have been possible, and I have done in the i three. However, just being able to do that one first long leg down to where I'm going. And then having enough to comfortably find a charger and comfortably um, put, either put it on charge um, while I'm parked or um, knowing that I will get a, a good distance away from that initial charge um, to the next one without too much hassle. Whereas before, a prime example would be um, we went down to Torquay. That was about 220 miles when we were on a holiday in the I-3. And we done two stops because we had to charge. Yes, it was partly because of we had to stop because of um, stopping and not being too tired and driving and things like that. But we had to stop twice because then comfortably then I could get down to Torquay. Whereas in the Zoe, I could pretty much get almost all the way down there with just one stop. So again, the convenience um, and, and all the rest of it. Obviously, coupled that with onto with all the charge cards that I naturally get for free now or included in the bundle, it just makes it easier. The ID3 also opens up two completely new networks for me that were previously out of reach as a Chatamo charger, Ionity and Tesla. Sure, these are expensive networks and only to be used as a last resort for me, but at least the number of available networks for me has increased merely as a result of driving a different car rather than any changes the networks have done. There's also another benefit to this. 
If I can do almost 200 miles on charge with no issue, it means I'm not having to publicly charge as much as I did in the Kia. So my overall charge costs are lower. A day working in Oxford, for example, would have needed a full charge overnight and a quick charge en route home, costing, well, you know, £5. Now, I don't need the £5 public charge, so my charge cost is covered either by my solar or by Octopus Go tariff, i.e. it's free or it costs about 50 pence. The other benefit is because I have much longer range, it gives me better options when deciding which chargers to use. I can now often reach some of the more high-powered chargers when deciding where to charge. This means I spend less time physically plugged in. On my first trip back from Yorkshire, I started with about 85% and went down to the Moto services at Rugby. There I got a little under 100 kilowatt charge speed and spent about 22 minutes putting a little over 30 kilowatt hours into the car. Now for reference, this is more than the total usable capacity of the battery in my Kia Soul. And on that car, 0 to 80%, i.e. 24 kilowatt hours, was about 30 minutes. Now this has a dual benefit. It gets me back on the road quicker, but it also frees up a charger a lot sooner than if I was in something like a Nissan Leaf 30 kilowatt hour or a BMW i3, which is limited to 50 kilowatt charging. Simon said something similar. It's it's time saving. It's convenient and um, just makes it a bit of a, a a more comfortable journey without having to think, oh, where am I going to charge? What am I going to do? Blah 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 blah. So, is there a downside? Yes. <laughs> Ironically, charge times. In the Kia, the small battery and relatively high charge speeds meant I was rarely at a charger for long. But a battery almost twice the size, especially on a slower 50 kilowatt charger, can take considerably longer to charge up. The example I've just given regarding Moto Rugby was on an ultra-high-powered charger that can hit 350 kilowatts. The most I could get on the Kia was 80 kilowatts. The most on the ID3 is about 120. But on a 50 kilowatt charger, both cars would charge at about the same rate. With the ID3 having a much larger battery, the time spent at a charger would be proportionally longer. This was brought home to me when Rob Shaw and I did the 1,000km run around the charging wastelands last season. We stopped at an Instavolt 50kW charger at Chirk in North Wales and went from 39% to 80% at 50kW charge speed and it took about 30 minutes. Furthermore, if I need to be out two days in a row travelling longish distances, so a couple of days on the trot working at Blenheim Palace, say, my Octopus Go will only charge about 50% of my battery in the four-hour time slot. I can use my normal tariff, which is cheaper than public charging, but that cost is considerably higher than Octopus Go. And Simon echoed this problem regarding slower charge times. For me personally, I'm not sure there is too much of a, a downside. The one that I will say is that um, going from an i3 with a smaller battery charging at 50 kilowatts um, to a Renault Zoe with double the capacity of battery, but with the same charging speed, it does mean that you're at charging um, stops for longer. So if you're going to a fast charge, you're only ever going to get the same as what I was getting realistically in the i3, which means instead of sort of maybe 30 or 40 minutes, it may be 50 or 60 minutes if you want a really significant charge. However, I do um, balance that out by just top ups more than a full charge unless I absolutely have to. So that I would say is one of the downsides in the fact that 
it's a slower charging speed because it's a bigger capacity battery but it does mean that also you're you're stopping less to charge the other benefit the larger battery gives me is the ability to keep speeds a little higher than before for efficiency reasons i would set the cruise control to 60 miles an hour on the kia soul for motorway driving this extended the range as far as it would go without seriously extending the travel times with the bigger battery i can travel at 70 miles per hour on the motorway of course and not worry about the efficiency hit the car will take. I have plenty of mileage in the battery to account for that. There is also a downside to this though. Having run for three and a half years with a car that warns me at 25% state of charge that I need to stop and charge, I have a almost Pavlovian reaction to the warning sound coming up. On the Kia Soul, when the 25% warning came on, I would have anywhere between 21-27 miles left to find a working charger and stop. The ID3 warns me at 20% state of charge. In that case, at the moment, I still have around 50 miles left. 50 miles on the Kia Soul was still half the battery and I wouldn't worry about that at all. But on the ID3, I go into a little bit of mild panic thinking that I need to find a charger even though there's 50 miles left, a range I would be more than happy with on the Soul. A strange that, right? But, of course, it's one thing for someone like me to talk about bigger batteries and faster charge speeds when I have the luxury of home charging. What happens if you've been driving a smaller, slower charging car around, using public charging only, and then you upgrade to something with a much longer range? For me personally, I still don't have, after almost four years of owning an electric car charging at home um, all of my charging needs be either public charging or via work charging so the the main advantage for me um, for the the Renault Zoe has been pure distance and pure distance in the fact that um, with my i3 I would have been um, I every time I go to work I, I naturally charge anyway even in the Zoe I I plug in it's like that always be charging sort of mentality however in the i3 I would have to charge there regardless I'm stopping less no it doesn't mean that I'm stopping less on lo longer journeys sometimes I'm actually stopping because I need to stop for a toilet break or stuff like that rather than actually the car so I my bladder goes like most people my bladder goes way before uh, the charging does now so let's take a look at the overall picture if you can charge at home, then a longer range car is going to be okay for you. Having the longer range gives you options you don't have when limited to 60, 80 or 100 miles on a charge. The downside is the need to charge overnight at home on limited time of day tariffs might not leave you with a full battery when you wake up. It does, of course, depend on which particular tariff you're on and how long that gives you the cheap rate electricity for. If you don't have home charging, the longer range is a godsend. You can take advantage of something like co-charger or other shared charging options to top up once a week or so and not have to worry about needing a 100% state of charge every time you leave home. But if your car can't take advantage of higher charge speeds, you might find yourself sitting at charges for longer with the bigger battery. Is this good or bad? Totally depends on whether you want the freedom of a longer range or the convenience of a quicker charge. I know which I prefer. Thanks to Simon for coming on to the show today and chatting about uh, his Zoe. Is there anything else you want to add, Simon? So it's just made the whole experience a lot easier and a lot more convenient. And I will be doing some stuff on the Zoe shortly on my channel just because I've I wanted to do 
some miles on it before I kind of got a, a feel for it and I really sort of understood the car and I've done about 3,000 plus miles now in the time that I've had it so yeah that's it thanks very much Gary for uh, this little segment um, and um, hopefully see you soon it's time for a cool EV or renewable thing to share with your listeners uh, the UK's magical mushroom company is using mycelium to replace plastic packaging we're all tired of the plastic packaging, sometimes minimal, sometimes excessive, that comes with pretty much anything you buy and get delivered nowadays. While some companies such as No Plastic Beach are removing non-recyclable products from their packaging altogether, others need something of a kick up the rear end to make that move. Now a company called MMC Magical Mushroom Company is raising funds for just such a product. MMC's solution is a direct replacement for plastic-based packaging such as polystyrene and cardboard. It does this by combining agricultural waste with mycelium, the root structure of a mushroom. The result, claims the company, is biodegradable in 45 days, durable and comparable in price to traditional packaging derived from fossil fuels such as polystyrene. Paul Gilligan, CEO and founder at Magical Mushroom Company, said in a statement, We have just eight years to meet the UN's sustainable development goals and businesses have a crucial role to play but they need viable and cost-effective solutions that significantly reduce the carbon footprint across their entire supply chain. We're proud to be creating value from waste and unlocking the potential of mycelium. Another company to keep an eye on. The EV Musings podcast is sponsored by ZapMap. ZapMap is the go-to app for EV drives in the UK. Use it to search for available chargers, plan electric journeys, pay for charging on participating networks, and share updates with other EV drivers. ZapMap is free to download and use with subscription plans for enhanced features such as using ZapMap in car, on CarPlay or Android Auto. And that's the show for today. Hope you enjoyed listening to it. All access and VIP patrons, please stay tuned for some post-credits goodness where we're talking about my ID3 and what I do and don't like about it. If you want to contact me, I can be emailed at evmusings at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter at MusingsEV. If you want to support the podcast and newsletter, please consider contributing to become an EV Musings patron. The link's in the show notes. Don't want to sign up for something on a monthly basis? If you enjoy this episode, why not buy me a coffee? Go to coffee.com slash evmusings and you can do just that. ko-fi.com slash evmusings. Takes Apple Pay too. If you want a quick reference ebook to read on your Kindle, I wrote a little something called So You've Got Electric. It's available on Amazon Worldwide for the measly sum of 99p or equivalent, and it's a great little introduction to living with an electric car. Please check it out. Links for everything we've talked about in the podcast today are in the description. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. It's available on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave a review as it helps raise visibility and extend our reach in search engines. If you've reached this part of the podcast and are still listening, thank you. Why not let me know you've got to this point by tweeting me at MusingsEV with the words battery size isn't everything hashtag if you know you know nothing else thanks as always to my co-founder simon you know i asked him whether his thoughts on the country's current political situation could be summed up in one sentence he nodded and said thanks for listening bye